Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Sunday, December 13th, 2020. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8. This one's all about holding space uh, for a loved one and without abandoning yourself. Holding space. We hear a lot about that in social media and in society. And so today I want to get down to the definition of what it actually means to hold space for somebody, how you can do it, and how you can also hold space for yourself. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I opened my Instagram story up for thoughts and topics or thoughts and questions so I could start building some show topics around what you guys want. And this was the first question I picked. And the question is, How do you love others and hold space for them without abandoning yourself? And we are going to answer that and much more today. But before I do, let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Okay, Empty Nexters, if you were listening in last week, I talked about committing to and making behavioral changes. It's not enough just to know what you need to do. You've got to understand how to actually start to make that change, which, you know, it's it's tough. It's not easy. So if you didn't listen in, listen in last week. And what I the question that I picked this week for the official what's next question and answer corner here is this. Lisa, you talked a lot about being soft with yourself in order to make changes. Do you have any any tips for compassion for yourself and softness for yourself? And that's a great question because I see this a lot in my private practice where I will encourage somebody to be soft with themselves or have some compassion for themselves. And that can be such a foreign concept for people. And the first thing I want you to look at is your inner voice. How do you speak to yourself? Are you hard on yourself? Do you think that you should have done better? Or you beat yourself up for maybe saying the wrong thing or not communicating in a way that you thought you were going to when you thought about it in your head? I want you to be extremely mindful of your inner voice. And how you speak to yourself in your quietest moments determines how soft and compassionate you are with yourself. Please do not forget that you are human. Please do not forget that you are not perfect. And the more pressure you put on yourself and the harder you are on yourself, meaning the more negative you speak to yourself, negatively you speak to yourself, the harder it is, it's going to be to make a real change that involves compassion and empathy for yourself. So be mindful of how you talk to yourself, number one. If you catch yourself being hard on yourself, I want you to stop and remember that you're going to try something new in that self-compassion, empathy, self-love. And if you don't know how to do that because you've spent so many years being hard on yourself and negative, I want you to think, what would I say to my best friend? What would I say to my best friend in this situation if they were having a tough day? Would I say, God, you're a complete idiot. I can't believe you did that. Or would I say, you know what? That sounds really painful and embarrassing. And I'm so sorry you went through that. It's going to be okay. I really hope that you'd give them the pep talk. Those are the pep talks you need to start giving yourself as well. 
catch yourself in those moments of negativity and pressure, change that pathway to one of love and compassion for yourself. That's the ticket to starting to accept yourself right where you're at in this moment and loving yourself through the changes, giving yourself the grace and softness to be able to really start to make changes and then be proud of yourself and build on that momentum. That's the key. Okay, guys, if you have questions about anything I talk about on here or you just have a question that you thought of and want to ask me, you've got a show topic, show topic idea, let me know. You can email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can also check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I check my messages and my page. So check it out. Um, and remember that I, I do this for you. So I want to know what you have to say. Okay, so let's get to today's topic, holding space, right? Without losing yourself. The first thing I want to start to define here is what does it actually mean to hold space? I feel like when I'm on social media or I'm reading self-help, we hear a lot about holding space. And it took me a while, honestly, I've been a therapist for a million years, but it took me a while to really understand this concept and what it meant. So I want to um, define that for us, first of all. And basically, in a nutshell, it's it means that you're able to show up and be present for people that you love with no judgment, um, with caring for them, you know, at the same time caring for them with a stable and calm energy. And holding space for somebody, we think, well, that sounds pretty easy. It can actually be pretty uncomfortable especially if you're inclined to be the fixer, right? Or you're, you attach your worth to being somebody that can get in there and be a good listener and support and be that person for all of your friends. Holding space is a lot harder than we think. Um, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Holding space mean, does not mean giving people free control over your life. It doesn't mean that they get to stroll in or out whenever they want to. I will tell you what it does mean on the other hand is being present physically for someone mentally and emotionally whenever you do choose to open the door up for somebody in need. Okay. And I think a lot of us were brought up with this idea that we should support our people and that loving and supporting people means sacrifice or sacrifice of yourself, sacrifice of your own joy. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. That is not the case. When you really hold space for someone, you do it while at the same time holding space for yourself, okay? So it is a delicate process, and it's one that you're going to have to practice to get good at. It takes some time and commitment, some conscious effort to really be present in that moment and say, am I doing this? correctly. Um, And it really can be a powerful thing to be really open and present with somebody and not lose yourself in the process. And so what that does is it allows you to really show up for somebody and not personalize what they're going through. Make that about you and your need to fix or be worthy or find value. But you can be there for them in a way that doesn't take away from you. And what I want you to do is start thinking about 
committing to the concept and understanding that only the individual can help themselves or heal themselves, excuse me. So only the individual can make a commitment to want better for themselves, to work on themselves, to want to grow, to want to change. You cannot love somebody enough to make them want to change or learn to change. It's nothing you're doing wrong. If that person hasn't committed to it, then it's not going to happen no matter what you do. And what I always tell people is, You can love and support somebody through just about everything, but never, ever, ever at the expense of your own mental health or the loss of yourself. So if you're losing yourself to save, I'm using air quotes, to save someone else, here's the problem with that. It's only going to end up leaving you angry, sad, resentful, lonely, basically being pissed off in the relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romance. Um... And it's really not even going to help that person that you've given so much of yourself to because they don't have any genuine investment on their part to want to change or to want to deal with their own emotions. And so all it does is deplete you and it gives them somebody to vent to for a while, somebody to carry their emotions for them so they don't have to take accountability They kind of coast through it and it leaves you completely distraught. And so, you know, here's what, here's what I think is important to highlight today that building close relationships with people, whether they be friendships or romantic relationships, it absolutely on some level requires us to hold this space that we're talking about in our lives. We absolutely cannot hold on to others and expect them to only see our needs, right? That's not fair. That's not realistic. It's also really important to remember that you have to be present and open for them so that they can also come um, to you in times of trouble or needing support. That's okay to do. Holding space is kind of, you know, it really is the right thing to do and it can improve our relationships on a number of levels. It can help us to connect deeper on deeper levels in order, you know, in order to connect with those that we love, we have to be vulnerable, but we also have to be open. And I think a lot of times people misunderstand this openness as like this thing that we have to give to others and we're willing to be open with our own stuff but it's harder sometimes just to sit and be open to other people's perspective and experiences and having going in with a conscious effort of holding space it helps you to drop your judgment um, about other people it also helps you to be present enough to connect on this more um, a more meaningful deeper level without letting your own personal narrative get in the way. Because remember, it's non-judgmental. We're going to get to that. Um, you know, in relationships, I think, that are stressed, we have holding space allows us an opportunity to communicate with one another, to open the door of vulnerability to one another. Yeah, it's a time investment. But the other thing that holding space does with that objective, calm, emotional um I guess, approach that you're using is it helps you and requires you to put your egos aside and it helps you to see one another as you really are, not what you want somebody else to be. 
And you can do that by holding intentional space for one another, right? You go into it consciously saying, I'm holding this safe, objective space for myself and this person. It gives you compassion. It releases judgments. There's so many amazing things that happen in relationships when you can both hold space for one another. It doesn't leave you feeling guilty, like you need to fix something, like you need to carry something. You know, and something I, a lot of times I tell my clients in private practice is if you don't know what to do, if somebody's venting to you or they're having a really hard time, I always think it's more than okay to ask. I hear you. I need to know though, are you, are you looking for me to help you fix this or are you just wanting me to answer? Are you looking for me to come up to help you come up with solutions or are you just looking for me to listen? clarify that question because what that does is it puts the emotional need back on that person the emotional responsibility back on that person to say what they need right so you're not caring at all we have to stop carrying people's emotions we have to stop attaching our own self-worth to how much we can carry and or fix it's not our job to fix other people it's not our job to help manage other people's reactions it's our job to listen and support and be accountable to ourselves by conducting ourselves in a high regard that we feel good about. Um, you know, and that's the other thing about when you hold appropriate space is you really start to trust one another. You trust one another not only to be responsible for themselves, but you know that you're both being open and vulnerable you know, and, and, and holding space involves setting boundaries, right? Consciously holding space really helps you to actually set better boundaries as a byproduct because we communicate what we also need in return from those relationships. So to consciously hold space for someone means not only to listen and help them, but it also kind of ensures that you're capable of committing to that emotional need, right? We're not always equipped to help a friend in need and we're not always in the right, the right frame of mind. And so if you can listen objectively, it helps you come to the table and say, I would love to help you right now. I cannot do that. Um, would tomorrow work? Or gosh, have you thought about calling so-and-so? That's setting a boundary, guys. And so let's talk about, let's get into the hows now. I told you why it's important. Let's get into the hows. So the first thing you're going to need to do to hold space for yourself and a loved one is to start to learn to become a really good listener. So I would tell you more often than not, we, we spend our times hearing things rather than truly listening. And there's a big difference. To hear something is essentially to kind of take this noise into your ear through the brain um, and process it. But listening, listening is where the processing comes into play. So in order to be present for others, you, you truly have to listen to the information they're sharing with you. And that happens by learning the art of actually listening, not just hearing. So to do that, I really want you to try to wipe your mind clear of any assumptions, any judgments, any sort of prefabricated responses and I want you to to be focused on being present in the moment 
and to try to see the emotion behind the words that the person's speaking more so than the words, I want you to try to see the emotion behind that. You know, and you're also doing things like shaking your head, nodding, um, confirming that you're hearing, right? And so you can ask clarifying questions. Get curious, not conclusive. You guys hear me say that a lot. Get curious and ask clarifying questions. It's going to help you to communicate how much you care, your willingness to help, but also it's going to, those clarifying questions are going to put you in a better place to know what you can give and, and what you can't, which is, you know, pretty much my, the, my second point is being a good communicator um, with that person by basically saying what you need, what are your expectations, what are your desires, because I'm here to tell you your needs matter. Your needs matter. And so setting meaningful boundaries and um, and understanding that you bring value and have, you bring value to this relationship and your needs matter, you know, you have got to, first of all, commit to that and understand that and not minimize those because you think it will help the other person. The other thing about holding space is leaving judgments at the door. I think that, you know, as humans, we just kind of tend to be really competitive and we compare each other and that leads us to oftentimes jump to conclusions and it's when we jump to conclusions that we find that judgment. So here's the deal. Judgment doesn't work when we're opening ourselves up and our hearts to other people. If we want them to be open and honest, we also have to be open and honest And we have to try to see things from their point of view, leave our hangups and assumptions, you know, at the door. Creating a healthy space for our loved ones is tricky. And I want you to realize that it is tricky and it's hard and it takes boundaries and understanding what you need and understanding whether or not you're taking on someone's emotional baggage because you don't want to do that, right? It means learning how to tolerate your own discomfort and knowing that it's okay to tolerate somebody else's. Um, You want to be, you know, attentive and, and communicate. But I would tell you some things to avoid where people really do start to lose themselves is when they are trying to give advice or they are trying to teach somebody like, oh, I've been through this. Listen to what I've done. Um, Or can I help you with this? Let me get in there and help you. Um, They interrupt. They don't listen. And if somebody starts interrupting and trying to sort of take on that emotional side or say, oh, I know what we need to do here. I've got this. That's a really big sign to me that they're losing themselves and they're not creating, they're not creating space for the person talking or for themselves because if they're interrupting to give advice or something like that, they're they're trying to fix it. So rather than interrupting and trying to fix, get curious, not conclusive. Ask questions. Invite the person to say more. Say, tell me about it. I want to hear more about that if you're comfortable telling me. You know, and, and really try to work on being authentic. And here's the other thing. For people that tend to lose themselves or kind of break up with themselves because they can't hold space for a loved one, um, be really mindful that you're not making it about you. So don't try to relate it to your own experiences. 
Um, unless somebody asks you about it, that's totally different. Um, and I get that it's natural to want to share similar experiences because it definitely can allow you to feel more connected. But just remember that that could tend to make it a little bit more about you than them. And then you're carrying their stuff, right? So we don't want to do that. Um, problem solving and fixing. Again, don't forget to ask that question. Well, do you need me to listen or do you want me to help you problem solve this? And if somebody's looking for help problem solving it, that's fine. But you have got to be sure that they're doing the work, not you. So a lot of times when people lose themselves in the effort of helping a loved one, I would say that they're taking on that person's work and they're overly involved and they're probably thinking about how to change them or fix them. They're not focused on their own emotions or needs, uh, which are probably getting triggered on some level because somebody's jumping in to fix. And so that, that really makes it difficult um, to really listen with your heart and hold a positive non-judgmental space because it's becoming about your triggers and activators and your need to fix. So if you have this need to fix, I want you to ask yourself why. Does that make it feel like you bring some kind of value to the relationship? Um, because remember you're worthy without being a fixer. You're valuable without being a fixer. Um, are you really good at just minimizing your own needs, what you're feeling, what your emotions are, and just listening to everybody else's and taking it on? And then sooner or later, you're going to feel like you've lost yourself because you've minimized yourself so much for other people. It's completely natural to feel lonely and resentful and angry. And I, you know, so I really want you to remember that holding space for somebody else means you simultaneously hold it for yourself. And so think of it as kind of like this pilgrimage home to your own soul. Honestly, it's connecting with yourself, your wants and needs, so you can hold the space for a loved one and you come to the table it being objective, being non-judgmental, being loving with an open heart, seeing yourself with kindness and love, just as you do your friend. And by taking care of yourself and holding space for yourself, that's going to allow you to hold it for someone else rather than take their things on and try to get in there and fix. And the more you can accept and learn to love your individuality, who you are, your worth, your value, your wants, and your needs, the more you're going to express it, the happier you'll be, and the more eager you'll be to be able to provide that for somebody else. Because self-acceptance is the key to holding space for yourself. The more you accept and love yourself, the more you'll look after yourself and value your own needs, which means rather than giving resentment, anger, and sadness, you can objectively look at what somebody's going through and get in there and set boundaries for yourself and also see them 
as just an imperfect human that needs some support. Not that you have to fix because that's theirs, right? It's theirs to fix. So that was a lot that we just talked about. But, you know, a pattern that I tend to, I feel like, go through with you guys is self-love, self-compassion, self-acceptance. And rather than just thinking about those concepts, I really would encourage you to start to try to emotionally connect to those, right? Have the courage to see all of you. I want you to be able to see your gifts, your less than perfect things. You are beautifully human. And when you can see yourself with kindness and compassion, you have the power to change aspects of yourself or your life that you don't really like. And when you have the ability to not judge yourself, to value your needs and wants, you come to the table holding a space for somebody else that mirrors those same things you feel about you. So if you guys have questions about this, I want you to email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you can DM me there. I check my messages. In the meantime, if you have questions about this show or anything else, please send me a message. Thank you for all of your messages and questions. I am going to get to them all. And so, um, yeah, just remember guys that think thinking about self-love and acceptance can be a really difficult thing if you're not used to it, but it gets better with practice. Okay. So thanks for listening. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And remember today is a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next. See ya. Thank you.